Welcome to the Money Mentors podcast. My name is Glenn Fairburn and I co-host this program with Nathan Lear. We're both directors and private client advisors at Hewison Private Wealth, which is one of Australia's leading independent financial planning and wealth management firms. Uh, the objective of our podcast is to improve financial literacy and financial awareness. Um, this week, Nathan and I have a bit of a chat about home ownership and in particular, the impact of rising property prices and how that's resulting in perhaps a reduction in the, in the number or the percentage of people that um, own their homes. Um, so look, we, we have a discussion on a number of issues, perhaps things that are, are causing home ownership to go down and perhaps also some things that might result in improving home ownership. So um, we hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Money Mentors podcast. Uh, today, Glenn and I would like to have a discussion around the concept of home ownership in Australia. Um, so, look at it, obviously uh, house prices and home ownership in Australia is a pretty topical conversation. Um, this year, we've seen uh, the market in I'll say Australia, but probably focusing on Melbourne and Sydney, we've seen house prices somewhat maybe show signs of an early slowdown or early stages of a slowdown. Um, so in terms of, and look, it's, well, it's firstly, it's been, a, it's been a really strong period over the last 20 years. We've spoken about that a number of times in this podcast on previous episodes where um, the Australian property market since probably around the mid-90s or so has, has seen quite strong growth. So you know, whether a slowdown is, is um, to be expected or not, um, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll talk about that a bit later on in the podcast. So um, in terms of home ownership, um, the, the dynamics have really shifted in the past 20 years uh, in terms of the, the level of Australians that actually own their own home. So just to, before I throw to you, Glenn, just to kind of kick off with the, with the stats, um, in 1994, when the, and this is um, statistics from the Australian Bureau of Statistics, so in 1994, um, renters made up around 18%. So fast forward around 20 years to 2016, and renters made up 25%. So from 18% to 25%. So there's basically more renters. And the other side of that equation is that uh, at the moment, um, so the homeowners is basically people that own their own home, is falling as a percentage. So um, it's fallen down to around, uh, I think that it's around that 67% from over 70%. So in a nutshell, just to kind of throw a few figures at everyone there, but quite simply, the level of people that own their own home is going down and the level of people that are, are renting is going up. I'll maybe throw to you, Glenn, just to, you know, your thoughts on that whole situation. Yeah, I suppose in percentage terms, you're right. I mean, it's the, the figures speak for themselves. In in actual numbers, like as far as the number of people, because the pop we've had, I mean, Australia's had fairly strong population growth. So if you compare that with probably other parts of the world, that you know, in particular parts of Asia where population growth is going in the opposite direction. I mean, in numbers, yeah, property ownership, the number of people with, that own properties has probably gone up. But as you said, the, the, in percentage terms, it's obviously gone down. And you would have to say that when you look at those figures, most people would, would be thinking that the reason for that is because the market has grown so substantially, as you were saying, over the last you know, 15, 20 years, that there's probably a very high possibility that people are being priced out of the market. So they can't, basically people that want to, ba- want to maybe buy can't afford to buy anymore. So yeah, they have or to can't afford to buy in the locations that they want to live, or that they want to live. So they're they're, yeah. they're renting for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, and I think there's probably a, a few factors that 
that play into this, isn't there? I mean, it's it, it's probably one of those things where whether it's, whether it's a generational thing where perhaps you know the millennials or whatever it may be aren't perhaps willing to compromise as to where they want to live. Like in the past, maybe you would move to a to an outer suburb and 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 perhaps the outer suburbs now are further away than what they were maybe 15, 20 years ago. Um, so if you're looking at living close to capital cities, it is becoming really expensive. Um, and in particular, you know, we've spoken a few times about the need for infrastructure, public transport, may- maybe moving jobs out of capital cities. But with- without those things, I think there's always going to be that demand, isn't there, for property that's close to where people are working. And most people, you would argue, work um, close to capital cities so i think in particular melbourne and sydney um, if you can't afford to buy a property close to work then you are forced to rent aren't you yeah yeah and perhaps yeah i think it's a combination of people can't afford to buy or they they're, they're as you said before they're they're choosing not to move out to the outskirts of you know melbourne for example yeah, yeah. so they'd rather <clears throat> they'd rather they'd rather rent in the area that they live in and and i think because you know if you look at a a chart of um, house prices and, and and rents going up over the past 20 years, prices have accelerated rents at a, at a strong degree. So, yeah, so it's cheaper to rent basically, isn't it, from a cash flow perspective? Yeah, you could argue from a cash po- cash flow point of view, you, you maybe there's an argument to say you're better yeah. off renting. Obviously, you miss out on, on the capital appreciation, which yeah. is the unknown, isn't it? It's been great the last 20 years, but... Do you think also that perhaps... And, and obviously, you know, there's, I think there's multiple factors that are perhaps leading to a, a reduction in, in the percentage of, of home ownership in Australia. But aside from property price growth, which obviously is, is, a, is a main factor, do you think that also there's a change in attitudes for people as well, where whether it's, you know, Generation Y or, or Millennials, are perhaps looking at, at the compromises perhaps they have to make in order to buy property and perhaps they're saying, well, to be honest, why, why do I want to commit so much money to paying off a house? I prefer to rent and maybe spend a little bit more money on, on lifestyle. So do you think that sort of factors into it as well? I think a little bit, uh, but I think Australians definitely have that dream of home ownership. So yeah. may, maybe they're delaying delaying the purchase of a home. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think it's kind of built into a lot of Australians, the you know, the, the concept around yeah, the home, home, home ownership. ownership. No doubt that it is. And, and obviously with the figures that you were saying earlier with regards to... Um, home ownership in Australia. I was also sort of keen to see how that compares with other countries around the world. And, and look, I suppose if you compare that to co- compare that to countries that you would argue we're fairly similar with, whether it's culturally or economically, um, like countries like New Zealand, the US, UK, they're all sort of around the mark, around that sort of you know mid sixty level, aren't they? Um, and they've had different. I mean, the US market has gone backwards, so has the UK market. So I suppose, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that because property gets cheaper that the percentage of home ownership uh, goes up. I mean, as evidenced by those two countries in particular where, you know, during the GFC, their property on average fell 50%. Mm. So, so there's a couple of schools of thought, you know, I've seen a few, a few articles or headlines that um, this is creating inequality in a, or perhaps could create inequality and just a headline I was looking at a moment ago which I'll just read out the yeah the death of Australian home ownership yeah so people saying that you know less people can afford to own their home um, perhaps creating inequality where you know homes are owned by fewer people so you know if they if they continue to compound and grow over time the rich get richer and the poor get poorer what would you what would you say to that I think that I mean capital cities 
can only be so big, can't they? Like regardless of how much money you've got, if it's limited supply and there's demand that exceeds that supply, you, you can't create any more land. So if you've got a lot of people that want to live in one area, that's always going to result in, in capital appreciation. And yes, the argument is, yeah, if you're not buying property, maybe that's not helping you accumulate wealth. But as we would say, it's all good and well to rent, but you should also have an alternative wealth accumulation strategy in place. It may not mean that that wealth accumulation is coming from property ownership, but I'd think that even if you are renting, doesn't mean that you're not investing as well. So I don't think that just because you're renting, that you, you or because you're a renter doesn't necessarily you mean that you're at the lowest, you know, um, percentage of, of wealth within a country. Hmm. Yeah. What, what do you think? Yeah, oh, look, I think it's no, I think it's a fair point what you just said then, and it's a at the end of the day, you hit the nail on the head with land is a scarce commodity. You know, you, you, they're not making more land. Famously, you know, it's been said by a few people. So, especially in desirable areas, you know, near near major capital cities, for example. Um, yeah, there's not, there's no more of it. So if if, if the population is growing, yeah. um, less people, I would have thought are going to actually own some. So yeah, look, some of their headlines maybe are a little bit alarmist where they <laughs> say yeah, things I think like that's where you can, it can get a little bit carried away. But in the end, I think it's yeah. I mean, I would I would argue that perhaps most people want to have a house that they own that that, that they live in longer term. Um, but I think you've also got to be realistic that. Not everyone can afford to own a property, you know, 10Ks from the city. And there's, def- um, there's, there's definitely going to be a, or has been and will continue to be, I think, a shift in the the, the style of properties going forward that people yeah. are going to live in. Yeah, so we've already, I know I've spoken about this on previous episodes where, um, you know, the old dream of the full block um, in a suburban area close to the city is, is dying where uh, obviously there's been a flood of new apartments, um, which they probably, you know, they probably will get filled. So, um, is, do you think that's perhaps, aside from um, people perhaps being more comfortable renting, do you, do you think that it's also a bit of a change in um, mindset for people perhaps you know living in apartments as opposed to, as you were saying, you know, look, their, their objective of buying a house, maybe home ownership. I mean, there's plenty of apartments popping up around with, you know, probably all parts of Australia at the moment, mm. whereas most people, I mean, don't consider that home ownership as such like if you have a family or whatever but mm. in other parts of the world it's probably more common but, but yeah. I, agree. I think that that will be something that changes over time yeah i mean it's the whole thing around choice once again australia is a very very big country um you can move anywhere basically and probably find some very affordable land but the i guess the conflict or the trade-off there is you, you know you want to be close to employment opportunities yeah so yeah, maybe we'll see more younger families start out in apartments, spend a bit more time in apartments until they can actually afford to live in that that area that they they perhaps want to choose to live in. Yeah. So yeah, I suppose it, you know when when you talk when when these articles get written and you hear about it on the news, it's always about housing affordability and how you know it, it's almost impossible for people to be able to buy properties. Well, it's actually not really the case, is it? It's only the case when you're looking at buying properties close to the city and as you were saying the advantage that we've got in australia is the country is so big that if you're hell-bent on buying a property you, you can't aff- you can find an affordable house so is the issue housing affordability or is the issue more so whether it's governments or or, or business trying to create employment opportunities that are not just in the capital cities but are outside of that so 
like decentralizing. I mean, the, mm. you, you could only think that that has to be something that, that's focused on. If, if the government wants to do something about housing affordability, a lot of the things, in my view, that they've done in more recent times, like, you know, the first homeowners grant, you know, cutting stamp duty, all that does is just give more people to, to spend more, give people more money to mm. spend on, on property. It doesn't push actually, up, push up it prices. just pushes up the prices. Yeah. I mean, has, has the first homeowners grant helped housing affordability? I don't think it has. I mean, it's just made it more expensive for everyone. Yeah. Um, maybe if the money was spent on investing in, in in schemes that could, you know, create employment opportunities outside of Melbourne, outside of Sydney, maybe that would, you know, in, improve housing affordability. Mm. So, I mean, that, that's what I think the issue is. Not that housing is not affordable anywhere in Australia because that's not the case, is it? Yeah. yeah WA, property prices fell 50%. You know, yeah, parts of Queensland property parts. prices have fallen, so uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a it's a difficult one. Yeah, it, it's a it's obviously it's a complex thing in terms of yeah, opportunities and you know flow of people, and you'd hope that yeah, governments are setting the right policy and you know putting the infrastructure where it needs to be to encourage movement. And that's in- a good point too, like the flow of people. It, it, I mean, another point is that you know the days of people working for one employer in one town, in one mm. state, in one country their whole life is 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 a lot lower now, isn't it? Tec- people, technology impact. Yeah, technology. Yeah. People want to live overseas. They want to have the flexibility to move around. I mean, I know a few clients who don't want to buy property because they're not hell-bent on where they want to live yet. Um, but you, can, you, can, you can start a business and live in Bali or anywhere. You yeah, know, anywhere in the, the in, in the middle of Australia in Ayers Rock or something. And, yeah. and you, as long as you've got the right thing set up, you could, you could arguably run a business. Yeah. Mm. Um, and another concept as well that I wanted to just kind of flag was around um people so people that do own their own home have have a mortgage or or more debt now than perhaps yeah periods gone by obviously things are more expensive you need to spend more hence take on a higher loan perhaps i suppose one of the the concerns with that is if people take on take on debt at at a higher level than they can afford and especially as they carry carry that debt into retirement um i suppose you know one thing we we kind of focus on with our clients is Debt, debt reduction and trying to repay that debtly as quick as quickly as possible and you don't really want nobody re- i don't think anyway would really want to be in a position where they they retire with it with a loan do you agree with that no you wouldn't think so I, I think the you know one fortunate thing that's happened in a rising property market is that our rates have been very very low um, or interest rates have been really really low whether that's been a what one of the reasons why the property market's gone up is probably one thing but i think for a lot of people who have entered the property market in the last five or so years they've been fortunate enough that even though values are quite high um, the interest rates are extremely low so as we've spoken about a few times the challenge and the test is going to be that as rates start to rise now look they're probably unlikely to rise significantly in, in the short term but I think we would we would believe that you know at some point over the next couple of years rates will start to rise and, and you really wonder how that's going to impact a lot of people whether that you know puts pressure on on people with mortgages whether that then you know, further results in the property market coming off a little bit. I suppose only time will tell. But just on that point, um, with regards to movement of property prices, with home ownership and 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 what what would be the impact of perhaps in improving affordability or the market coming off? We also hear that you know Australia's right up there as far as destinations that are attracting high net worth individuals or or millionaires from other countries as well. So maybe that demand isn't going to go away anytime soon. Mm, definitely um just 
uh, where do you want to go now? So just another concept when we're talking about inequality and uh, you know, it's harder for people that, that don't perhaps own a property to buy property. What's your thought on the whole thing around intergenerational transfer of wealth where, and what I mean by that is you know, it might be harder for uh, you know, younger people today starting out without help from family. Yeah. Do you think that's, that's an issue? Like as in, you know, a, a child, child A that gets hundred thousand dollar deposit from parents child b gets gets zero yeah I, I think in the end it depends on what mortgage you're taking on because it's it's all good and well for parents to try and help their kids i mean that that's obviously um fine and and, the, and their choice to make but i think you know it, it yes you want to help your kids but you also need to make sure that if you're helping them whether it's with a deposit or whatever it may be that they've still got the means to repay that mortgage because let's just say they're buying you know a million dollar property and think oh well I'll I'll, I'll help them I'll give them the deposit you know two hundred thousand dollars they've still got eight hundred thousand dollars that they need to repay mm. so when you're trying to help your kids enter the property market you've also got to take into account their means to be able to repay that loan over time um, and if they don't have the right disciplines and the right budgeting to be able to, to account for that loan over time maybe you're not doing them many, many favors either yeah. um um the whole the whole um the whole thing around owning and 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 owning a house to live in versus owning a property and renting it out as an investment as well as another i guess kind of like line the rent of, vesting scenario. yeah rent vesting is exactly what i was about to say where we spoke about we have spoken about rent vesting um, yeah. <laughs> once again on this podcast so there's plenty, i guess we have covered covered quite a few of these topics before um i, I suppose something i was going to say on that whole concept is um, I guess the the high prices might just force less investors into the market, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. And uh, interest rates is the other thing that you touched on a moment ago, Glenn. Where higher interest rates might also um, mean less investors will buy investment properties because the um, the investment case doesn't stack up as well as it used to. Yeah, well, so. with, obviously, with property prices, as you were saying earlier, have gone up so much, but rents haven't gone up at the same level. The rental returns that a lot of investors are getting are probably below three percent now. We've seen some where you know people have bought properties and the rental return equates to two percent. So you are relying on that capital growth, mm. and in a flattening market or falling market, if you're not getting the growth, maybe that will translate to people selling. Mm. But you know, getting back to what we were talking about before with regards to perhaps the the argument that the concentration of wealth is at the pointy end where you know a small percentage of people own most of the wealth within a country just because you're renting doesn't mean um that you can't accumulate wealth yeah um but i think if you do make the decision to rent that's fine but you also need to put in place another wealth accumulation type strategy i think yeah but but a lot of i mean it's obvious though a lot of wealth is in in property in Australia, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have the stats in front of me or anything, but I'm I guessing it's probably the most people's their biggest asset, biggest proportion of wealth because they force yeah. themselves. As you said, it, it comes back to that sort of objective of, of home ownership, and you sort of question if people didn't have a mortgage, would they would they save that amount? Like if mm, let's just say, not. for example, you you were buying a house and the mortgage repayments equated to fifty thousand dollars a year, um, but you could rent the same property for twenty five thousand, would difference? you be saving the other twenty five thousand? Most people probably wouldn't. No, they'd spend it. <laughs> so I think that's where, you know, from an asset accumulation perspective, where a lot of people find that home ownership can be effective because it's that f- almost like that forced savings plan, isn't it? Yeah. So, so with prices at, you know, you could argue elevated levels, people might sit on the sidelines in terms of buying an investment property. 
But if it's a lifestyle asset where they want to live in it and they say, I'm taking a 20, 30, 40, 50 year view on this property, I'll cop, you know, paying a little bit more for the property because well, it's, it's a lifestyle investment. And it's irrelevant yeah. what it's worth, isn't it? If you're not selling it, mm. does it really matter? Like, it, and mm. it's, it's the same if the property goes up. I mean, if you pay a million dollars for a property and it's worth 1.1 at the end of the year, what does that mean to you if you're not selling it? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's just all on paper. And it's the same if it goes in reverse. Yep. Yep. So in terms of um, the the dynamics, just going back to the initial discussion we've had in terms of the dynamics have shifted. Um, if we if we crystal ball a little bit, maybe having a think about what might happen in the future. Um, just to kick it off, Glenn, I think yeah, what might cause a bit of a reversal in, in and see the percentage of homeowners increase could be lower prices. Um, yeah, if the interest rate comes off, yeah. yeah, if interest rates do, you know, start to increase like we probably expect them to, um, that could put downward pressure on prices. Um, that could see more people if they become more affordable. Uh, that could see more people purchasing. Would you tend to agree with that? Is yeah, there anything yeah. else you can I think mean, of? The pro- and as I was saying earlier, I think decentralization of employment yeah. opportunities. I mean, I think that's one where you know said it a few times there is affordable housing but it's not within 20 kilometers or mm. 30 kilometers of the city it's beyond that so uh, you know if if there were increased employment opportunities in more regional areas then where, where property is more affordable than that you'd think would would improve or increase the percentage of people who, who own a home mm. um but, but i just wonder whether just um culturally whether it might change over time if people you know we, we keep hearing about the more global economy, people moving around, not staying in the one place. Whether it's even if you take the financial um, issues away, whether people will, will just be more inclined to perhaps rent, not not to an extent of going, you know, from sixty five percent home ownership down to fifty percent, but you, you just wonder whether people would just would want greater flexibility in future. So, so even even I guess what you're saying there is even if prices do come down that might not necessarily translate into increased yeah, home ownership. I'd, I'd be interested to see how that plays out in future mm. to see if the dynamic changes because there's, there's other countries around the world. If you travel through Europe, other parts of the world, you know, home ownership isn't as big an issue as perhaps what it is in, in, in countries like Australia, the USA, New Zealand, UK. Mm. Okay, so just to, um, I guess, wrap up the discussion today, um, or maybe just a final thought from me. If, if, you know, if you are... If you are one of those people that are a little bit frustrated um, with with prices being at a high level, I mean, we just pretty simple advice here, but we just encourage you to just really focus on having a a big enough deposit. So whatever loan you take on, um, you're not putting any undue pressure on yourself uh, in you know, in terms of servicing that debt because you know we 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 do probably think that interest rates are going to start to increase. So I think it's probably just savvy advice to anybody looking to take on a loan. Just don't. Yeah, don't overextend yourself because you never you never know what's around the corner. Um, so yeah, look once again, thanks uh, thanks for listening. Just in, in terms of wrapping up the discussion today, um, we spoke about the fact that the the level of home ownership in Australia is uh, is coming down, um, and the level of renters effectively has increased um, on the back of house house prices rising significantly in Australia over the past twenty or, or so years. So um, look, we hope you enjoyed today's discussion, and we look forward to having you again next week. Thanks everybody for listening again to another episode of the Money Mentors podcast. Um, if you enjoy the the content, please do subscribe to the podcast. 
um, via um, any good podcasting app. Um, Once again, please check out our major sponsors website, Hewison Private Wealth. Um, So just just search for Hewison Private Wealth online. Also check out Hewison Private Wealth's um, social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, Thanks again. We'll see you next week.